Welcome to Recovering My Inner Child. My name is Kawat Saluja. Our first reading comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go. The topic, staying in the present moment. Often, one of our biggest questions is, what's going to happen? We may ask this about relationships, our career, our recovery, and our life. It is easy to tangle us up in worrisome thoughts. Yeah, a lot of these thoughts, you know, serve to paralyze uh, leading to avoidance, you know, I was just kind of some of the stuff, man, like, uh, you know, what am I going to, you know, what am I going to do if I don't have a job? It's like, well, we'll kind of like deal with that <laughs> when that happens is the response that, you know, I've been given, uh, by people in my uh, recovery support group, for example, um, I could have come up with more extreme examples as well. Uh, back to the reading, worrying about what's going to happen blocks us from functioning effectively today. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. It keeps us from doing our best now. It blocks us from learning and mastering today's lessons. Staying in the now, doing our best, and participating fully today are all we need to do to assure ourselves that what's going to happen tomorrow will be for the best. Yeah, and I have to realize that in recovery, I can only live one day at a time. And a couple things come to mind. And, uh, you know, I'm so glad for recovery because it's just. Uh, illuminating some of the things that I read before. You know, first, John Wooden, uh, the legendary UCLA basketball coach, would talk about, you know, make every day your masterpiece. And I believe in the book, Dale Carnegie's How to Stop Worrying and Stop, or How to Start, How to Stop Worrying and Start Living, um, there was a, a lesson there about living in daytime compartments. And uh, that's really all that we can do. So I love that part. Back to the reading. Worrying about what's going to happen is a negative contribution to our future. Ooh. Worrying about what's going to happen is a negative contribution to our future. Living in the here and now is ultimately the best thing we can do, not only for today, but also for tomorrow. It helps our relationships, our career, our recovery, and our life. And I think so often just doing my best and letting go of the results rather than the opposite is fixating on some outcome and, and worrying about how I won't be able to get there. Back to the reading. Things will work out if we let them. Yeah, if if we must focus on the future other than to plan, all we need to affirm is that it will be good. Back to the reading. Things will work out if we let them. If we must focus on the future other than to plan, all we need to do is affirm that it will be good. I pray for faith that my future will be good if I live today well and in peace. I will remember that staying in the present is the best thing I can do for my future. I will focus on what's happening now instead of what's going to happen tomorrow. The next reading also comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go, the topic, needing people. We can find a balance between needing people too much and not letting ourselves need anyone at all. Uh, absolutely. Many of us have unmet dependency needs lingering from the past. While we want others to fulfill our desire to be loved unconditionally, we may have chosen people who cannot or will not be there for us. Some of us are so needy from not being loved that we drive people away by needing them too much. Some of us go to the other extreme. We may have become used to people not being there for us, so we push them away. Yeah, as if they're unfamiliar. We fight off our feelings of neediness by becoming overly independent, not allowing ourselves to need anyone. Some of us won't let people be there for us. Wow, this whole thing needs to be read multiple times. 
Back to the reading. Many of us have unmet dependency needs lingering from the past. While we want others to fulfill our desire to be loved unconditionally, we may have chosen people who cannot or will not be there for us, you know, therefore recre recreating the emotional abandonment of childhood. Wow. Some of us are so needy from not being loved that we drive people away by needing them too much. Or some of us go to the other extreme. We may become used to people not being there for us, so we push them away. And I've seen examples of people who genuinely want people, but all they say is that they don't. Back to the reading. Either way, we're li living out unfinished business. We deserve better. When we change, our circumstances will change. If we're too needy, we respond to that by accepting the needy part of us. We let ourselves heal from the pain of past needs going unmet. We stop telling ourselves we're unlovable because we haven't been loved the way we wanted and needed. We've shut off the part of us that needs people. We become willing to open up, be vulnerable, and let ourselves be loved. We let ourselves have needs. We will get the love we need and desire when we begin to believe we're lovable and when we allow that to happen. Today, I will strive for the balance between being too needy and not allowing myself to need people. I will let myself receive the love that is there for me. The next reading comes from ACA, Strengthening My Recovery, and the topic is Buried Feelings. We learn to keep our feelings down as children and kept them buried as adults. Big Red Book, page 589. Yes, I didn't realize that that's what I was doing, but that is absolutely what I was doing. Back to the reading. How can we honor our feelings when many of us were brought up by parents who implied or directly told us that we shouldn't talk about, think about, or even have feelings? They told us we were imagining things or said, stop making a big deal out of nothing. It's so crazy. So true here. They said showing feelings and emotions would turn us into weaklings. And what's weird is then I started listening to that voice. It was more important to look good and not be concerned with feelings, especially those related to fear, anger, and sadness. Wow. So, you know, and I think it's just really important to share fears, angers, and sadness with people in recovery. All right. You know, at least in my case, I think that's been very important when I've done it and, you know, pay some consequences when I haven't. How would we be able to stand on our own two feet if we we're shadow boxing with unnecessary emotions? We got the message loud and clear and kept our feelings buried for decades. But how long can we go on stuffing things before it affects us emotionally? mentally and physically before people shun us because these denied feelings started manifesting themselves as inappropriate behavior. In ACA, we begin to recognize and honor our feelings in real time. When fear, I love that, in real time. When fear, anger, envy, greed, and jealousy appear, we identify and filter them as honestly as possible. Sometimes simple acknowledgement and perspective gathering is enough. Yeah, I've found even just like having labels. Uh, you know, for instance, just the label of saying I'm time drunk, whatever that means, seems to really give that acknowledgement and perspective. Back to the reading. But we should also be prepared to talk about our feelings for the purpose of gaining true understanding and acceptance. As we do so, resilience and serenity begin to permeate our minds and our souls. On this day, I will honor my feelings by unlocking them and accepting them as an essential part of my whole being that deserves love and respect. And the final reading comes from ACA Strengthening My Recovery, the topic, overly responsible. Before finding recovery, we suppressed our feelings and were overly responsible. We tried to anticipate the needs of others and meet those needs so we would not be abandoned. Many of us have focused all our efforts on spouses, significant others, or children, 
trying to do everything possible to make them comfortable and happy. We may have spent so much time with our children and their friends that we were uncomfortably intrusive. Because we feared abandonment, we may have sacrificed ourselves in an attempt to keep our spouses from becoming bored with us. Wow. We have met so much time with our children and their friends that we were uncomfortably intrusive. Because we feared abandonment, we may have sacrificed ourselves in an attempt to keep our spouse from becoming bored with us. These actions kept us from admitting, I'm tired, I'm not interested, I don't have time. Eventually, we began to resent them. We deserved to do things we wanted to do, and our family members needed space to breathe, to make their own decisions, to make mistakes, and learn from them. With ACA recovery, we finally get the message that it's okay to let loved ones do their own thing. It's okay to let them find happiness through their own actions. Not being constantly involved in their lives does not mean they will abandon us. In fact, it can strengthen our relationships when we all feel the relief of being responsible for ourselves. Love that, responsible for ourselves. On this day, I will remember that I do not need to micromanage the lives of those close to me. They will not abandon me simply because I let them live their own lives. And that concludes today's readings of Recovering My Inner Child. Great readings. Until next time, this is Kawan Saluja reminding myself to pause. That's where God is, to feel my feelings, and to love and approve of myself.